We are Don and Donna, for those who have not heard us before, and we are very, very happy to be here. Thank you so much for letting us come and worship with you this morning. For the next 35 to 40 minutes, we'll be hammering on some strings. We're going to sing you some songs, and we'll be telling you stories in between. We're going to start it out with a song where the title says it all, We're Only Here for a Little While. Gonna hold who needs holding, mend what needs mending, walk what needs walking, though it means an extra mile, and pray what needs praying, say what needs saying, cause we're only here for a little while. Today I stood singing songs and saying amen, saying goodbye to an old friend. Who seems so young He spent his time Working hard to chase a dollar Putting off until tomorrow The things he should have done Made me stop and think What's the hurry? Why the running? Don't like what I'm becoming Gonna change my style And take my time and I take it all for granted Cause we're only here for a little while Gonna hold who needs holding Mend what needs mending Walk what needs walking Though it means an extra mile And pray what needs praying Say what needs saying Cause we're only here for a little while we travel each weekend, a lot of times folks like to know what we do for a living. It's been a long time since we've been here in Mount Pleasant, so things have changed a little bit. Don is still working with wood. He used to build cabinets and furniture and things like that, but now he pretty much full-time builds these musical instruments. Folks were often asking where they could get these old-fashioned Bible instruments. So about 18 or 19 years ago, he started building a psaltery, and then he started making mountain dulcimers and hammer dulcimers, and he also built zithers as well. The zither that I'm going to play today, it's not one that he built. You can tell it's really old. 
because we just got back from a six-week trip out to the northwest, and the Lord blessed, and he sold all the zithers that he had made, so he's going to have to make more sawdust. <laughs> and I, I, have, I have retired about a year ago from being a nurse practitioner, so now I get to be a full-time housewife. I've waited a lot of years to finally be able to do that. <laughs> and that means we don't have to commute back and forth to Springfield, Missouri from home all the time either. We have moved to Tennessee since we were here last time. And for the last two years of, of my working time, we commuted back and forth to Springfield, which is six and a half hours each way. So especially with the way gas prices are, I'm glad we don't have to do that anymore. <laughs> well, we travel like this almost every weekend about 48 or 49 weekends out of the year. And then a couple times a year, we'll take about a five or six week trip somewhere. So like I mentioned, we just got back from the Northwest. Last Sabbath, we were in Idaho. It's very different than Texas. (laughs) But I'm actually happy to find some warmth because it was cold up there, colder than usual. It took almost three extra weeks for their lilacs to bloom. So it's good to be where the sun is warmer. (laughs) Well, We've been doing this, like I said, for a long time, maybe maybe 33, 34 years, something like that. And a while back, we were out in California in Desert Palm Springs. Anybody been there? It's very warm and very dry, and we were waiting for the folks to come to open the church so we could get things set up and tuned up. And I happened to look up in the sky, and there was the most beautiful rainbow. And I thought... This is desert hot springs. That doesn't really go that well with rainbow, does it? <laughs> but you know, when the Lord promised that he, he gave us the rainbow to promise that there would never be another worldwide flood, that promise to all mankind, it even works in the desert, doesn't it? He can put a bow in the clouds even where there's not a lot of clouds. <laughs> well, When I think about a rainbow, I think about the two things that it takes to make a rainbow. It takes sun and it takes water. And the way that the the light goes to the little droplets of moisture, it spreads out the spectrum and we see the beautiful colors of the rainbow. And that reminds me of a scripture. In Psalm 8510, it says, Mercy and truth are met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. It takes both, doesn't it? Mercy and truth, like two sides of the same coin. Righteousness and peace, law and grace. And they all come together at the cross, where Jesus willingly laid down his life for our sins, because he loves us so much. Years I spent in vanity and pride. Caring not my Lord was crucified Knowing not it was for me he died On Calvary Mercy there was great and grace was free Pardon there was multiplied to me There my burden soul found liberty At Calvary God's word at last my sin I learned Then I trembled at the law I'd spurned 
until my guilty soul imploring turn to Calvary. Mercy there was great and grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied to me. There my burdened soul found liberty at Calvary. great and grace was free pardon there was multiplied to me there my burden soul found liberty at Calvary at Calvary at Don and I used to live here in the beautiful state of Texas. We lived in Keene, and I was privileged to teach at Southwestern Adventist College. That's what they used to call it back then. And I taught pediatrics, and I took students to Fort Worth Children's Hospital when it was brand new, brand new. And it was a beautiful place. The yard was beautiful. They had all this uh, topiary, and they had a big dedication ceremony, and they had kids that came and sang, and they had special speakers and things when they first dedicated Fort Worth Children's Hospital. And I began to take students there. And I remember one student that I'll never forget. She and her family had been missionaries, I think, in South America. And she was such an efficient and thoughtful and thorough student nurse. I knew she was going to make a really good nurse as she graduated and moved on in her life. But one of the students that I introduced her to and assigned her to was a young boy, maybe 12 or maybe 13 years old. He was kind of small for his age, but he was a victim of spina bifida. And so the lower part of his spine didn't develop like it should, and he couldn't walk. And he was stuck in this wheelchair, and he was in the hospital to have yet another surgery. He'd had many, many surgeries. And that particular patient really touched her heart. And after clinical that day, she wanted to talk, and she was in tears. She was like, how can these awful things happen to such beautiful children? And it broke her heart. And it made me think, there is an enemy here. And he loves to make us miserable, doesn't he? Because if he can hurt us, he hurts our loving Jesus. And that's why he tries so hard to make our lives sad and miserable. Because he wants to hurt Jesus. There's not much in this world for us to value. But Jesus says, I will come again, and he will make everything right. And those that have been hurt and sick and who have died, he'll restore those years of the locust like he promised. And that encouraged her and gave her strength to move on to the next patient and the next patient. And as we think about this world, the enemy that tries to take our happiness away, there's only one thing that we really need to get through And that's Jesus.
Texas brings other memories to me, too. I had an uncle, Tom Hind, who used to teach and was dean of men at Southwestern, uh, I'm not sure what they called it in his years, it's Southwestern Adventist University now. Maybe it was a junior college back in those years. And my uncle Tom was one of my grandma and grandpa's nine kids who stayed true to the Lord as he grew up. Only three of them out of nine And that broke the hearts of my grandma and grandpa because they raised all their kids for Jesus. 
since that time through the years, almost all of them came back to the Lord too. But Uncle Tom never strayed, never went the wrong way. He went. He was in the service, and when he came back, he went to Union College and became a math teacher, and he taught math concepts at Maplewood Academy and was dean of men here at, in Texas. And when he was in his early 40s, he started not doing so well. He'd trip easily, and then he had one leg that was very weak, and it seemed to get worse as the days went by, and finally they discovered that he was a victim of multiple sclerosis. And within just a few months' time, he became a total qu- excuse me, quadriplegic. So he had no use of his arms or his legs, and he couldn't teach anymore, and that broke his heart. But he discovered a blessing from the Lord. He was watching something on television one day about handicapped artists who could paint. And he thought, maybe I could do that. And so with strong determination, he learned to paint with a paintbrush in his mouth. Beautiful pictures. And every picture, you can just see the light of the Lord's love. And as the disease progressed, he got where he couldn't even move his neck. And so his precious wife would move the canvas and put paint on the brush so he could paint these beautiful pictures. And I never heard my Uncle Tom ever say anything discouraging or negative. Always it was praise to the Lord. The last time that we saw him before he went to sleep in Jesus was in Cleburne, Texas. His son had brought him to see us at one of the programs when we were there. And his disease had gotten so bad he was into his mid-80s by this time that he could hardly project his voice. But if you got really close and put your ear next to him, he would say, praise the Lord. If I never had MS, I wouldn't even know I could paint. (laughs) God is good. He doesn't promise to give us an easy life on this earth, does he? Bad things happen to good people. But there is an enemy that's done this, and he is a defeated foe. And even in the midst of that kind of hardship and and trial, you could see the joy of the Lord in my uncle's face. And you could hear him encouraging others who are going through hard times too. He died at the nursing home in Keene. And I know that the nurses and the nurses' aides and the people there were double blessed because Uncle Tom was there. And pretty soon we're going to see him again. And when he wakes up, there's not going to be a wheelchair anymore. Nothing's going to limit him because Jesus is so good. God is good. This world is not a place of 100% flowers and cake. (laughs) But Jesus will make up for all that when he comes back soon. He will give us peace now as a promise of the peace to come. tired and so weary, but I must go along till the Lord comes and calls, calls me away, oh yes. And the morning's so bright, and the Lamb is the light, and the night, night is as dark as the sea, oh yes. There will be peace in the valley 
valley for me someday. There will be peace in the valley for me, dear Lord, I pray. There'll be no sadness, no sorrow, no trouble I see. There will be peace in the valley for me. Well, the wolf will be gentle, and the bear will be tame, and the lion shall lay down with the lamb. From the wild will be led by a child, and I'll be changed, changed from this creature that I am. Oh, yes, there will be peace in the valley for me someday. There will be peace in the valley for me, dear Lord, I pray. There'll be no sadness, no sorrow, no trouble. I see. There will be peace in the valley for me. like to. There will be peace in the valley for me someday. There will be peace in the valley for me, dear Lord, I pray. There'll be no sadness, no sorrow, no trouble I see. There will be peace in the valley for me. There will be peace in the valley for me. Hey, since we've been here before, how many of you folks remember what the instruments are? <laughs> Nobody? <laughs> We must not have made a very good impression. <laughs> Would you like to be? That's a guitar. Very good. That's a good. Well, I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to refresh your memory a little bit. We're going to raise up the ones we can. And if you know what it is, you tell us what it is. Because we know that you know what some of these are. How about this one right here? It's a zither. Yeah, somebody said auto harp. Actually, it's a zither. They started making the zithers back in the late 1800s. And all you do on the zither is you pluck the notes. 19, early 1900s, they came out with an auto harp, like you mentioned. And actually, the auto harp took the place of the zither because they made it easier for folks to play. On the auto harps, you push the notes down, you strum the strings. On the zither, you have to pluck each note out. How about this one right here? It's in the. It's pretty. <laughs> Thank it you. With a P, yeah. <laughs> it's in the Bible. It's in the Book of Psalms. Starts with a P. Psalms. 
Sultry, very good. That is called a sultry, just like they talk about it in the book of Psalms. They talk about a sultry and a harp and some of the other instruments that King David played. Well, that is a sultry. Everywhere we go, we always tell everybody, that's the sultry that David played. <laughs> we're, talking, we're talking about our son, David, is who we're talking about. How about this one right here? Remember what this one is? Anybody heard of a dulcimer? Well, that is a lap dulcimer. Very good. It's called the lap dulcimer or the mountain dulcimer. And the difference between the mountain dulcimer and the lap dulcimer is, is when you're in the mountains, it's a mountain dulcimer. Very good. And when you're on the flatlands, it's a lap dulcimer. That's the only difference between the two. So today it's a lap dulcimer. (laughs) How about this one right here? Yep. Yeah. My husband bought it. He just had to have it. Well, it makes a good conversation piece. You know. <laughs> How about this one right here? Mandolin. A mandolin. That is a custom made mandolin. Donna's brother is building mandolins and he built that one for us and we're glad he did because we enjoy playing it. How about the one right here in front? It's another dulcimer, and she was doing what with it? Hammer dulcimer. dulcimer, Very good. Well, we're going to go ahead and do a song called Lily of the Valley, and Donna's going to start it with a zither, go to the psaltery, and then into the hammer dulcimer. Now, folks, if she gets a little excited, (laughs) one comes flying your way. You catch it, all right? Because we don't want it to fall and break on the floor. We were out in Arizona here a while back, and there was a gentleman sitting way in the back, and it was a long church, and he was sitting way in the back, and he hollered out, If we catch it, can we keep it? <laughs> no. You have to give it back so we can finish the program. Now, Donna's been pretty good. There's nothing been flying. This is Lily of the Valley.
one of the things Donna and I really enjoy doing in that is going to the schools and showing the children the instruments and then uh, playing them some songs and then telling them about the instruments. And uh, we were out in California about five years ago, and it was uh, we did about 15 concerts out there, I believe. And the, one of the uh, Christian schools, the music teacher of the Christian schools, found out we were in the area, and he got a hold of us and said, would you come over to the school and tell the children the instruments and such? We said we'd love to do that. So we went there, and he had grades 1 through 8, and he'd stand them outside the door, and then he'd tell them, I have a special treat for you. Each, each hour he'd have a different class. And he'd tell, he'd tell them I'd have a special treat for you, and then he'd let them come in. And uh, it was the fourth grader's turn, and he stood them outside the door, and he said, I have a special treat for you today. And one of the little fourth grader boys raised his hand and said, Is it muffins? <laughs> and he says, Well, you'll find out when you get in there. And he let them come in, and we were playing the instruments, and they were just really quiet. They sat down. We got done playing a little bit for him. We told him about the instruments, and then we'd play some more for him. And it was their turn to leave, and the next class was getting ready to come in. And on the way out, the little fourth grader boy went up to his teacher, and he said, this was better than muffins. <laughs> so that was the day we found out that we were better than muffins. But we did a song for them, and Donna played all four of these instruments, and it's called Shall We Gather at the River.
Well, we have two more songs to do for you. We want to say thank you so much for letting us come and worship with you. We do hope at least one of the songs so far has touched and blessed you in some way. I want to tell you about my Aunt Minnie. She is about 85 years old, and she lives in Pennsylvania. And she has always been a very energetic kind of person. And just a few years ago, <laughs> she was out in her yard, and the wind had been blowing, and some, some things had kind of blown around in the yard. And one of them was a big piece of heavy metal. And so she went over there and just picked it up like she had always done, and it totally tore her shoulder up. And she just was miserable for months with pain and trouble with that shoulder. And when she was telling me about it, she said, I just have to remember, Donna, that I'm not 35 years old. <laughs> As we travel from place to place, we, we make CDs and things like that. And I just wanted to tell you that just recently, we put together a book of stories from my Aunt Minnie. And she... She would tell me stories, and in fact, she'd write them out and send them to me over the years about growing up as a child on the farm in the 1940s and 50s. And last year, when things were still kind of slow and finally starting to get back to, quote, normal after all this COVID stuff, I thought, you know, if I don't put those together in a book someday soon, it's going to be too late for my aunt. And so we got that all done. I think in February we finished it, didn't we? I call it Aunt Minnie's Memories. And we sent her a copy, and she was so tickled. She wanted a copy for all of her friends. (laughs) Well, how much we look forward to heaven, where instead of growing older and losing some of the strength that we had and things changed for the worse, which we don't like, the Bible talks about it, doesn't it? We're going to grow young again. I can't wait. How about you? If you know the song that we're doing, please feel free to sing along. We'd love to hear your voices. I have heard of a land on a faraway strand. Tis the beautiful home of the saints. Built by Jesus on high, there will never shall die. Tis a land where we'll never grow old. Never grow old. Never grow old. In a land where we'll never grow old. Never grow old. Never grow old. In a land where
and our voices shall blend with our loved ones we'll meet on that shore never grow old never grow old in a land where we'll never grow old never grow old never grow old in a land where we'll never grow old in a land where we'll Sabbath school, we were talking about that precious but dangerous freedom of choice that the Lord gives to each one of us. He says, choose you this day who who you'll serve. If we want to serve the Lord, we can make that choice, and he'll honor that. If we choose to walk away from him with tears running down his cheeks, he has to honor that too. About a year ago, we had to say goodbye to a close, someone very close to us. For about two years, he'd been struggling with a terrible disease. And it was getting worse and worse. And when we would get the opportunity to go visit, which wasn't very often because of the way COVID stopped that visitation, we would say, don't you want to give your heart to Jesus? You know, he loves you. It doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done. His grace is sufficient. And he'd set that jaw and say, no way. And we continued to pray. And when we had opportunity to visit, we'd talk with him. And at one point, we shared shared the words to this song with him. And in his last week of life, he gave his heart 100% back to Jesus. And we know we're going to see him again. And I know that every one of you has someone that you love, that you wish was walking closer to Jesus right now. Don't ever give up. Jesus' arm is not shortened that it cannot save. And he knows just what it takes to touch our hearts. Like the story we had this morning from the mission field. The Lord knows each heart and just what needs to be said or what needs to happen to give them every opportunity to give their hearts to him. So don't ever give up. As long as there's life, there's hope. I can't keep from thinking that you're gonna know him soon. I can't keep from praying that you will make some room. You know that we are waiting patiently for you. Somehow I know God will carry you through. Just a prayer away from him. Praying that you will see Just a prayer away, my friend And we're all down on our knees I 
looks through the outside to the inside of your heart. He sees you struggling with your broken heart. He will make you more beautiful inside if you let him take all of your life. Just a prayer away from him. Pray. Just a prayer away, my friend, and we're all down on our knees. Just a prayer away from Him, praying that you will see. Just a prayer away, my friend, and we're all down on our knees. 